Welcome to the Run, Lift, Grow podcast with your hosts, Caleb Dilley and Ryan Heenan. From novice to elite athletes, we are here to tell your story and share our perspective. Let's go. What's up, everybody? It's Caleb. Welcome back to the podcast. Tonight, we are thrilled to welcome our guest, Kelly Black. Kelly lives in Minnesota. She's a mom, an ultramarathoner, a PhD student, among other things. The list goes on. She's completed some incredible races, including runs at Bandera in Texas, Black Canyons in Arizona, and a pretty interesting race that she recently ran in her home state of Minnesota, a 40-miler in the snow. We'll get into that later. Kelly and I, I guess how I came to know of Kelly was through a podcast that she was on where she was sharing her story of how she got to running um, and kind of sharing her journey. And it was so impactful and powerful. Um, it, it moved me to the point to reach out to her through Instagram. And and I knew as Ryan and I were talking about starting a podcast and, and talking about potential guests, you know, Kelly was always in the back of my mind that, you know, I'd love for her to come on and and share her story. So I reached out again and she was gracious enough to say, sure. So, so here we are, Kelly, welcome to the Run, Lift, Grow podcast. Thanks, Caleb. I'm excited to be here. Really in honor and, and humbled that you'd reach out and invite me on. Absolutely. So let's kind of get into it. We can kind of start um, just number one, how did you get into running? And then how in the world did you get into running ultra races? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Uh, there's there's a lot to it. I would say um, there's the where I just kind of started into running and then my story and how I got into really endurance running. Uh, but I would say as far as just running in general, really started in college, just really casually. I would say it was more from uh, a standpoint of mental health and overall well-being, uh, but was was not very much considering myself an athlete, that's for sure. Um, just started off with some 5Ks. And then how did that progress? So so you ran a 5K and was, was it that kind of natural progress? And we've talked to a lot of athletes where it went from like a 5K to a 10K to a half and then, okay, well, I've done a half, so let's do a, let's do a full marathon. And then you get the extra crazies, right, to say, what what's beyond 26.2? So what did that look like for you? Yeah, you know, when I started running, it, like I said, it was part of that just overall well-being type of piece. And I, I would say at that time, I was very much running by myself. Um, it wasn't until I had graduated college, moved to a new community and started run, running with a group from my church and everyone was training for a half marathon. And that, that seemed like a, a really big stretch from um, what I had previously done. And so I trained with a group and uh, did my first half marathon. That was probably 12 years ago or so. Um, and from that point, I, I got connected with some different organizations, things that I um, really felt drawn to as far as their purpose and uh, reason to run beyond myself. And so I started running with an organization called Venture. And I still am a, a very active participant in the venture community today, which I'm happy to share more about. Um, but through that, I, I ran locally 
a, a few races. And then actually I ran across the state of Colorado. I don't know if, if you knew that, Kilo. Kelly, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was back in 2016. So I ran with the whole team from um, from Wyoming to New Mexico. We, we ran across the state um, in a number of uh, 10 days. So that wow. was a big a big part of that endurance piece. But yeah, it was that I ran the half marathon and then I was like, well, I've run a half, might as well try the full marathon. Um, and it was right. Well, actually I was pregnant with my, my oldest, my son, uh, when I ran my first marathon. And from there, I, because I never looked back, I got hooked on endurance <laughs> running, um, and just kept going. I love it. So as you kind of referenced, yeah, I'd love to to learn more or hear more about uh, about the venture um, organization that that you were speaking of. Yeah, you bet. Um, so venture, it's uh, started right in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, out of a, a college actually that my husband. Uh, went to um, some guys in college started, you know, one summer, they're like, we want to do something different. You know, we're not just go get a job. And, uh, but they decided to ride their bikes across the country and raise monies for wells in Africa. And um, since, since then the organization and nonprofit has grown exponentially across the country and the world. And uh, they do a lot of work in Southeast Asia and really they're, their motto, if you will, is doing tough things for people in tough places and really uh, reaching the, the least reached people groups in, in the world with mm. um, nutrition, feeding programs, um, education, um, rescuing um, kids and women from human trafficking and providing wraparound care. And so a lot of the running that I've done, I've, I've really tied to the... Um, you know, that, that sense of a physical sacrifice um, to bring awareness and raise funds for those um, that could benefit from it. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, listeners, I will put a link in our show notes to uh, to that organization. Uh, if that's something that you want to connect with or find more information about, um, I'll get that information from Kelly and, and we'll get that out to you. So, So I love how you touched on um, for you, it's that, you know, when we run, when we run long distances, uh, we have low points and we suffer and, and we go through hardship. Um, and for you, that seems to be very important. Um, so can you talk about uh, maybe a time in a race? Um, and it doesn't have to be a recent race, but if it is, that's fine too. Um, where you were having a difficult time, maybe you were hurting, maybe you were dehydrated, um, maybe you were super cold. <laughs> How did you overcome that? What were you thinking about um, that kind of helped pull you through through that moment? Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> Caleb, there's so many. I'm sure um, there's there's so many, but you know, there's one one in particular that comes to mind, and this was um, back in 2021 when I, I had run the, the superior 100 miler. So it's a hundred mile race along the superior hiking trail, um, which is a 310 mile trail in Northern Minnesota. Um, so it's, it's a pretty hardcore race. I had, you know, been training for it for a number of years and even leading up to that race, there was a lot connected to it for me personally. So I would say a low point of that hundred miler race was, you know, finally got across the starting line and then 20, 
like 23 miles in, um, just started projectile vomiting kind of out of nowhere. So, you know, it was like that, that physical release of all of the excitement and the nerves and all of those things leading up to, to starting, um, and as a an older gentleman came up behind me, he kind of looked at me and was like, a little too soon for that, considering <laughs> you know, we were only a, a quarter of the way into the race. But, you know, at, at that point, I, I could have really gotten um, shooken up. It was my very first, you know, 100 miler. But at that point, I, um, you know, I just saw it as a, a reset. I I took a look at my nutrition and a reset with my crew. And you know, ultimately going into that race, my my huge why for that race specifically um, is my son Judah, who we're in the process of of adopting internationally. And prior to the race, um, you know, the real the race had been delayed a year due to COVID and Previously in our adoption process, um, you know, I was anticipating that I would I would run this race and our adoption timeline correlated, and you know, planning to travel just you know months after completing the race. Um, but due to the pandemic, our timeline had completely got gotten thrown off, um, and so did the race. And so he wasn't home yet at that point. And so I had printed off a, a picture that we had received from his orphanage um, just a couple months prior um, of a big crown on his head uh, from uh, the kind of a birthday package celebration that we had sent him and pinned that on the back of my hydration pack. And he was with me every single um, step and mile of that race. And uh, not only did we finish, uh, but we also, um, I surprised myself and we placed in the top 10 um, for women. And so it was, it was a, a huge comeback from the, the 20 mile puke session to, right. to taking it over the finish line. Oh, uh, what? It's just incredible. I know that, you know, that is, you know, part of the story that you shared on the podcast that I listened to. And um, Kelly, I will say the one thing that I didn't know was that, uh, you know, you had a picture of your son Judah on the back of your hydration hydration pack. Um, it's just, it's inspiring. It's amazing. Um, I would love uh, if you're open to it. Can could you share with us kind of where you're at in the process process of adoption, and and if you don't mind, maybe sharing a little bit more um, about Judah. Yeah, you bet. Um, thanks for asking. Um, it it has been. Um, uh, a journey of perseverance in itself. Um, I have been able to correlate a lot of my endurance running to uh, the process that we have continued to endure as a, a family to bring Judah home. Um, never in our wildest dreams would we have imagined um, trying to navigate a, a pandemic through an international adoption. Um, for those who may be familiar with the international adoption in general, it, it's it's quite a journey to begin with, but to add on uh, just the, the layers that the pandemic has brought, uh, the uncertainty and really the heartache has, has been a huge challenge. But I would, I would say running has been a huge um, way to remain resilient through the process and, and stay connected in a, in a way um, when you feel like everything else is out of your control. Uh, a little bit about our journey. So we started to pursue the adoption process to Judah 
um, a number of years ago now, officially with our family dynamics um, in 2019. Um, so within within the program that we're adopting through the international country, at the time your youngest has to be at least three years of age, and at the time our youngest, our daughter was one. So we we preliminary started the process, um, and then was able to submit all of our you know, official paperwork in country when she was two and a half. So we were anticipating uh, bringing traveling and bringing Judah home the fall of 2020. Um, so when the pandemic hit, that changed everything. Um, the entire international adoption program shut down. Uh, families who were about to step on a plane to bring their children home um, had their travel plans canceled. And then it was pretty much, well, it's been silence for the last three years in terms of the program. Uh, this interview is coming at kind of a unique time because actually just <laughs> this week, um, the, the, the country of China actually um, just announced that they are um, opening the application for visas to all um, countries and for tourist visas, which would allow us to travel. However, we still have a number of um, pieces that haven't come into place yet. The, the program still has to officially resume before we can we can travel. But um, when we started the process to bring Judah home, he was about two years old, and he will be seven um, this coming May. I just want to say thank you for for sharing that. Um, you know, that's the story that that you shared that that was uh, so moving to me and. Um, the fact that you go through these races and you put yourself in, um, because ultimately, right. Ultra events, um, are voluntary. You don't have to do it, but you choose to. Um, and I think it's amazing that, that through that temporary struggle that you're going through, um, in a race, when you're tired, when you're hungry, um, when you're hurting, um, that's where you're, you're pulling strength and you're thinking of Judah and, um, you know, you're running for him, you're running to him. Right. And, um, I'm just thankful that, that, uh, you know, you felt comfortable enough to, to share that with us, uh, listeners. Um, I will share Kelly's socials with you. If you'd like to follow along, um, with their journey, um, and, uh, support them in any way to, to bring Judah home, then we will certainly put that in the show notes. Um, so again, Kelly, thank you for, for going into that and, uh, and just know that we're behind you and and we're rooting for, for that reunion to happen as soon as possible. Um, so maybe, maybe moving into, um, a, something that you did recently, um, I would honestly love to know. So you live in, you live in Minnesota. Um, I live in Ohio, right. And I live in Ohio. Um, and we complain about, we complain about cold winters and I feel like talking to you, I cannot complain <laughs> about snow or cold or anything like that. So just for maybe for some reference here, Kelly, can you um, give our listeners just a sense of what a true winter is like for you? And then off the back of that, share about the race that you just recently did. Yeah, you bet. Well, considering we are, you know, just 
days away from officially what's called spring and we are in the middle of a huge snowstorm right now. <laughs> so <laughs> it gives a little perspective as far as length. And I was actually thinking back to this fall, I, I had, um, run a hundred K in October and it never fails that race. It always starts snowing. So, I mean, it was like blizzard in October. Um, and you know, now we're moving to spring. So over six months of the year, we have snow, um, and not only am I in Minnesota, but I'm in Northern Minnesota. So I am just off the tip of the great Lake of superior. So we get a lot of, um, lake effect snow, um, just get dumped. So, Lots and lots of snow. This we're actually in one of our record years, um, top ten record years for snow. Wow. Um, so we get a lot of it, and um, I, I don't complain about it because I choose to live here, and I really <laughs> enjoy, uh, I really enjoy winter sports. So that's that's a little bit about where where I'm located in the world. And then, so, so the race that I'm referencing now, now forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly, is it St. Croix? Yeah. The, the St. Croix, uh, 40 miler winter ultra, um, great name by the way. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if listeners or if you Caleb are, are familiar with some of the other like big winter ultras in the you know northern um part of the country but we've got a number of them up here and so when you know the St. Croix 40 miler I look at it as just an itty bitty one <laughs> it's just a <laughs> short one compared to uh like uh, I'll drop the the arrowhead um the arrowhead 130 um to Scobia um those are some of those longer uh, winter ultras that are, you know, the, the 60 miles, the, the 130 miles in, in the dead of winter. So sub-zero temperatures, um, you know, when you're training for these and that was, you know, this was my first winter ultra. So what, what I had to prepare for the most, cause I, I mean, I've got a lot of miles under, under my feet through, training for the races that I have, but it was the gear. Gear is the next level. Like you're, you know, in the summertime or in the warmer climates, you're thinking, oh, how can I keep my water cold? Well, you're trying to figure out how do I make sure my water doesn't freeze? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a different game. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I'll say it's funny to me. So, you know, the sport of ultra running is very niche, right? But then there's a whole subculture of, of winter ultra running. And, and Kelly, I wasn't familiar with those two races that you mentioned, but you better believe that I will be doing some Google searching tonight, uh, to get more in touch with some of these wild races. Um, so I know to you, the St. Croix 40 mile, doesn't, it seems like an itty bitty one, but I think for a lot of our listeners, uh, who are in this ultra world, I, I think it's just, Um, you know, like you said, it's one thing to deal with heat and it's one thing to deal with like really rocky or rooty trails, but it's a whole other thing to pull a sled. So, you know, through your Instagram, um, you had shared, I think it was, uh, a video with you and your daughter and you were practicing, you know, preparing for the race and, you know, you were, you had the sled hooked up to you and she was, I think she was (laughs) actually on it and you were pulling. She was. Yeah. Yeah. So what did, what did that training, so you kind of talked about the gear, but what did the actual training look like for that race? 
Yeah. Um, well, a number of things. And it's it's tricky because because of the gear. So you you know, you've got to get the the training down as far as from running from the endurance standpoint. So you got to get the miles under you, but then you've got to train with your gear. Um, the the St. Croix 40 miler, that race was uh, just after the start of the year. So January. And we actually, you know, I had mentioned we had some snow in October, but it wasn't the snow that stuck. You know, we didn't get really like a good, a good snow until closer to December, like enough where it was packed down that you could actually do anything on it. And so it was a really short period of time that I had to train with my sled and all my gear. So part of the training part was um, not actually being out there physically training, but the, the training of researching, getting my gear like made. I mean, so for those that are listening that might be like, what are they even talking about? I'll give a little (laughs) bit of context. So essentially this race, it's, it's 40 miles, um, out in the woods, you're self-supported. Um, it's think of it as like a survival race. You, you have the option to either, uh, go on foot. So like run, pull a sled, you can do it on a fat tire bike, or you can ski. And so I was in the foot division and essentially I have a a polk sled, you know, a a belt where I hook up my sled. And then for this specific race, you had required gear. So you had to have um, a sub-zero sleeping bag on you in your sled. You had to have a sleeping mat, a bivy. Um, You had to carry all of your water, all of your food. There was a check-in where you had to pass the gear check-in. You had to have so many calories of food with you as well as had to finish with certain number of calories at the end, you know, from that survival mindset, you had to have a stove or like a jet boil. That was part of, part of the event is you started. So we started in our sleeping bags and our bivy and they, you know, had to start go off. Then you had to get out of your sleeping bag and your bivy, pack it all up, pack it in your sled and then start. (laughs) So that was like, phase one. That's incredible. Then, <laughs> then halfway through, so like the 20 mile mark, you needed to unpack your stuff, um, pull out your stove, all of your gear, and you had to boil water. So that was like the checkpoint. Once you boiled your water, then you had to pack everything back up and then finish the next 20 miles. Um, so all of the gear, not all, I will tell you, I, I enjoy like camping and stuff, but I'm not like a backpacker, you know, savvy with all the camping type of minimalist type of gear. Like I'm like the load up the minivan. We've got half of the house in, we've got the kids and, you know, we popped a tent, you know? So I had to, I was really intimidated. I'm like, yeah, I've run a hundred miles, but I don't, I don't know if I can figure out all of this gear and then the, just the, all of the scenarios that could go many (laughs) different ways. If you get too hot and you start sweating and it's cold out there, you're done. Like your sweat freezes, you get chilled. I mean, it's, it can be really dangerous between hypothermia and being out (laughs) alone in the dark. Uh, So I, I had some family members and friends who were concerned, supportive, but concerned. Um, 
but so yeah, so the training, it, it was a lot of that mental, like I got to shift my thinking. Cause I was a little nervous at, at points of, you know, am I going to have all the gear? That's another thing. Um, because there was required gear, it can get expensive fast. Sure. And so that's where the, the running community is so amazing. I had so many friends who had done this race or other races like it that had everything and, you know, weren't, weren't running that weekend. So like, sure, you can borrow it, which was a tremendous help. Um, so I built my sled, got the base, built it, which I think I've got that on my Insta stories too, if anyone's curious of how I built my sled or put that together. And then after my kids came home from school, I would put my older daughter, she would, she'd always come out with me and she'd jump in my sled and we would just run up and down our road, which it's like a kind of a dirt country road. So we'd get quite a bit of snow on the side. So, um, you gotta pull your sled on snow or else you're going to run a hole right through it. So, <laughs> so that was part of it. Um, so I, you know, it was the shorter, the shorter little runs here and there. And then I had a couple longer pulls, but I tell you that was a challenge too, because the, the trails we have around here are, you know, we have some snowmobile trails, but it's not really safe to pull a sled on those because the, the snowmobiles are going so fast. Mm. Um, so as far as finding places to pull the sled was a bit of a challenge. Um, but really focusing more on strength, that was something um, easier to put off <laughs> for other races. But this one really needed to focus on uh, some strength training a bit more. You're using many different types of muscles. No doubt. It, it, if you don't mind, I'd love to maybe go next level into your strength training because I, I would think, at least from the pictures that I sh- saw um, on your Instagram, for sure you're using your core. So could you just maybe walk us through like what, what a strength session looked like for you in your build up to this race? Um, what, what muscle groups did you target? Um, any type of isolated movements or, or are you really focusing on, um, whole body, uh, movements? Um, I'm thinking, you know, like squats, deadlifts, those types of things. So any insight on that, I think would be really helpful for our listeners. Yeah. So I would say strength isn't my strength area <laughs> per se, as far as the desire to do it, or even just the, the time I'm more like, I would just rather run and, you know, get together with my friends and just run and avoid doing any of the strength. So I would say that's an area where I, I'm not as motivated or programmed to be able to do it by myself or say, this is exactly what you need and this and that. Um, so what I did was I, uh, I started going to one of our local CrossFit gyms. And so working on just that full body fitness and all the functional pieces, you know, working on the core, working on um, just everything. So I show up and they just tell me what to do. I love it. <laughs> it's kind of the approach that I took. <laughs> it, it did it, did it pay off? Did you feel like you had the the strength needed at the end of that race? Did you look back and say, you know what, I I, I did the right thing, or would you have done something different? I would have definitely done something different, um, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. I would say I was twenty. The first twenty miles, I was doing all right. 
the next 20 miles, my quads, my hips, my, everything was screaming at me. <laughs> like, sure. what are we doing? Uh, so yeah, I, I totally would have done something very different to prepare for that. Absolutely. I have, I have a friend of mine who at the same time was actually training for Arrowhead. And so to, for those that may be interested in, you know, doing some of those winter races, um, knowing that you may not be in a climate or have the seasons to be able to, um, to pull a sled in snow to prepare. Um, she, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to do this. I didn't get it all together, but something that she did regularly was, uh, pull a tire. So she you know, got an old tire, threw some screws through it, put a rope on it and tied it to her belt. And so she'd run up and down, you know, some of the forest roads or the, the dirt roads and, and pull her tire. So that's a, that's a way to do it, to just, to be able to get a feel for that tension from your core. Also, um, the distance wasn't long enough for me to experiment with this as much, but when you're pulling, you can pull from your waist or depending on your harness, you can also pull, um, to have options to go across your, your chest, like, um, from shoulder to hip. So there's options, different ways. People prefer different things and some people switch it up as they go to just to give, um, a little bit of a, a break on your, on your hips. Cause it it becomes a lot when you, especially when you load up your, your sled and, I think what I would have done as well is had uh, a few more longer sled poles with more weight. Um, that's something I, I didn't, I, I would pull, but shorter distances, but not with the full amount of weight. And I'm sure I could get a little bit more minimalistic on the gear and stuff I was carrying too. So the question after hearing all of that, it's fascinating to me. But the question that I'm left with is, are you planning to do another race like that? Um, Similar distance, maybe the same race, or are you wanting to up the distance? That's a good question. You know, when I, when I finished my first hundred miler and that was in the, the fall season, it was an absolute yes, I'm going to do this again. I loved everything about it. Um, I didn't actually have that same feeling after I finished, <laughs> uh, the St. Croix 40 miler. Um, I, I was glad that I did it. I had a lot of fun with my sled and training with my sled. I, I think maybe I'll do something in the future. I actually, I, one of the reasons why I, tipped my toe into the water to try the winter ultra uh, winter ultra and to pull the sled. Um, this cause I was also thinking of ways that I'd be able to train and run with Judah. Um, something I, I don't think I've shared yet, but, um, Judah is living with down syndrome and if, you know, we get occasional updates and, um, he's, he's walking now, um, one of the last updates we got, you know, that he's walking with support. Um, you know, we don't know what, you know, his, his abilities and things will be through with, you know, provided therapies and, and PT and all of that over time. But I, I, I don't want him to be limited by the experiences and things that he can have. And as his mom, I want to be able to 
be able to support and to physically be able to um, join him in um, adventures. And so uh, pulling a sled, I thought, would be one way uh, when he comes home to be able to um, bring him along on on ventures that um, he might think is fun too. Um, uh, One of my favorite kind of, you know, taglines or hashtags or whatever you'd like to say in the endurance running world is, uh, you know, in it for the long run. And that's how I approach my running. And I, I want to be able to run um, throughout my life. I want to be able to you know, earlier on when I was running marathons, I ran, you know, a marathon for each of my kids. And the vision that I have as a mom is when they're old enough, and if they want to, I want to be able to invite, you know, give them the medal that I ran the marathon for them and invite them to run a marathon with me. Um, So my kids are still pretty young, so I've got a ways to go. (laughs) Um, But I want to be able to, I want to be able to, to be in it for the long run. And and with that, I want to be able to do that with Judah too, and whatever that might look like. And so, challenging my myself in new ways and in ways that I haven't before was part of the motivation of of doing that. So, will I do that again in the future? Maybe a longer distance. Maybe probably not anytime soon, as far yeah. as pulling the sled, you know, hundred miles. But um, but ultras are definitely my jam. Maybe more just on the dirt trail. <laughs> No, thanks for sharing that. You know, it's beautiful. I, when you were talking about that, I, you know, I was envisioning um, when Judah gets here and, and when you have that sled ready and you put him in the back and you're pulling him and he's on that adventure with you and your family. Um, the moment that you'll have to to think back to your hundred miler um, when he was on the back of your um, hydration pack and just what that's going to feel like and how amazing that is. So um, I'd like to touch on um, and, and this might tie in with it a little bit, um, but I'd like to talk about the community of, of you know, trail running. And again, I, I came to know of you through um, the Big Ass Runner podcast. Um, so, you know, about was is last spring um, when I kind of, I, I guess I've always kind of known people can run on trails, but I didn't really know that there was this culture. And um there was this togetherness and this belonging. Um, and I kind of found it through that podcast. And then of course, you know, I heard you on there. Um, and as I've like started following people and, and as we've started doing this podcast, um, the connections and the friendships that I've made with these people only because we like to run on a dirt path in the woods. Um, you know, there's something, there's something just really special about it. So I'd like for you, uh, to maybe just talk about the culture and, and what you've experienced maybe um, through this journey uh, that, that you've been going on, you know, trying to adopt Tuda and the process of that with uh, the trail running community, how have they supported you? How have they reached out? Um, what has that been like for you? Yeah, well, I, I'll have to say that the, the running community, and I think, I think even more so the the trail running community, as far as from my experience, is is really special. Um, I, I can't say that I've I've really experienced 
a community like it um, anywhere else uh, where there's that camaraderie connection um, and sense of belonging that can occur in such a short period of time. Um, you know, I, I look at my life right now and the, the people that I'm closest with or you know the people that I connect with, so much of it um, is connected to running, whether they're friends that I've run with in the past or um, you know the the group of friends that I run with local regular basis. And I look like over my over the period of my life, and I've I've never felt. Uh, a sense of belonging more than I do within the running community. And, and what I mean by that is not only a, not only a a sense of belonging with other people, uh, but a belonging to myself. Um, If if that makes sense, but um, the community of running, there's such a sense of resilience um, it's and I think that that inspires and it encourages people and I think it helps us also um, either maintain or build our own resiliency and I, I see how that's impacted throughout my running journey. Um, there's a lot of ways that running connects to my life personally and professionally and it's been, really fun to just make those connecting dots, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. And, you know, I certainly have not been uh, tied into this community uh, as long as you have, like I said, fairly recent for me, but even in that short amount of time, um, you know, I can kind of echo what you're saying. It's uh, yeah. The word that I keep coming back to um, is special. So for our listeners who maybe have not checked this community out, um, promise you dive in, uh, take a chance. And I think you'll find something, um, that's worth that vulnerability of, of taking a step outside your comfort zone. So Kelly, it, it, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's something else I wanted to add and whether this fits in or cut this out or whatever. Oh, you're, you're uh, okay. Uh, but for those that maybe are are dipping their toe into the the running community or or even within trail running, I guess some some words of advice uh, is when you're out there, uh, you know, whether you know locally on your own trails or you're in a race. I think what's so special about it is the opportunity to connect with people, and it it does take that you know reaching out and you know saying hi or you know if you're you're on a trail, you know, and you're running a race and you're finding you're on the same pace with someone. It's a really neat opportunity to connect. And it's amazing the stories that you'll hear. Um, you know, just this last week, I, you know, again, I run races, I get to know people, we end up connecting on social media, and then we become friends through, you know, over time. (laughs) And I had a, I had someone reach out this last week, and she was doing her first 50 miler. And I was like, Oh, awesome. You know, have so much fun. And she's like, you know what, it was actually when we were running together. um, I think it was, um, was it Black Canyon? No, it was race the wolf, um, race the wolf out in Idaho. We were running and we were, we just kept, you know, passing each other, like kind of, um, leapfrogging. And we ended up talking for quite some time and 
so in her message to me this last week, she had mentioned, she's like, you know what? It was actually uh, talking with you that made me start thinking about maybe I could run a longer distance. That was a 25K we were running. And so she did her first 50. She finished. Um, and now she's even considering the 100 miles. So oh, wow. you never yeah, you never know um, the people that you'll meet out on the trail and the connections that that will foster and what that might mean um, in your life. And for those of you that you you get to know, uh, you know, more people within the running community, I had mentioned just a sense of resilience, but I, I think what also is really special within the running community is it connects us so much to our humanity. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pain uh, in, in, in in humanity, but in terms of what I've seen, you know, we, we all, um, you know, we, we look look at the things of resilience and the, um, you know, the wisdom and the strength and the clarity and all those things that, that come with that resiliency. I think, you know, if, if people could bottle those things up, that would, you know, <laughs> be amazing. But it's it's really, you know, when we think about what's the difference between those that, you know, are, you know, are broken by pain or those that, you know, live resiliency are more wise, it's really, you know, to to move through that pain to wisdom and through that fear to courage, you know, that, that suffering, whether it's that physical suffering or emotional suffering to that strength, it really requires that resilience. And it's really those benefits of being challenged and afraid and pain and confused that, um, that we get through that. And I think there's so much from the running community that, we get to share those things on the trail, you know, and we get to encourage one another. And if, if you want the wisdom and the strength and the clarity and the courage and all those things that come from the struggle, um, the, the, the price is really clear. You have to endure the struggle first. And I think when we endure together physically through a race, um, and through running that there's such a sense of connection and belonging there that, um, through that shared experience that it it can be sometimes hard in, in a virtual world, even to, to have that experience. And, so that was another just gift that I think that the running community gives is to be able to endure and suffer together um, to experience something that then is lasting, that lasting um, bond, connection, strength, resilience that then we're able to carry with us um, throughout the rest of uh, areas of our life. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So I think for those of you who got into running, just to run, you know, maybe, maybe you're doing it for the physical benefits. Um, or maybe you were coming at it from a, you know, from a mental health perspective. Um, I think, you know, in summation of kind of what Kelly said is there's so much more there. There's so much more that, that running has to offer us. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, you can improve your VO2 max. Uh, you can, you can lower your heart rate physiologically, like that will happen, right. As you get fit. Um, but some of those other changes that are going on in our in our hearts and our minds and our souls, those, those things um, might not be as tangible at first. Uh, but but as you get into it and as you experience it and as you're in community with people, um, I think those lessons and the, that understanding um, is just as valuable, if not more, than some of those physiological benefits. 
to wrap things up. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been been very gracious. Um, what what does the rest of 2023 look like for you? Um, from from a from a race perspective. So if we're uh, you know wanting to kind of uh, keep an eye on what what you have coming up, what can we be looking forward to? Do you have any upcoming races? That's a great question, and I would say this is the first time in, gosh, I don't know, maybe ten years even that I do not have a big race on my calendar for 2023. And it is a weird, I will tell you, it is a really weird feeling. Um, but I am, I am hoping, praying and believing that we will um, be traveling to China this year to bring home our son. And um, with that, I, I have been intentional to have um, a season where I am resting and uh, practicing being still, which is a lot harder for me <laughs> than just <laughs> sure. going out and running. And so um, I actually, I don't have a big race on on the calendar for this year. I've got one, um, one local half marathon that I'm doing with some friends through work later this fall. Um, but if, if for some reason things don't open up, um, to travel this year for adoption, um, then I am uh, potentially planning to travel to Nepal um, to run out in the around the Himalayas. So it's not a race, but it would be with Venture, the organization that I had mentioned, and to go out um, to some of the the local areas where there's some projects and and things happening. So um, an adventure with Venture, uh, but not necessarily a specific race so we'll have if, if that occurs kelly i uh i have this weird i don't know uh just this fascination uh with the country of nepal um obviously you know they, they have the biggest mountains in the world um you know i read a book recently and uh the author's name is escaping me um uh, listeners i'll throw this in the show notes um but this book was about a pastor who uh, traveled to Nepal and uh, you know, part of, part of his trip there uh, was for mission. And and the other part was to kind of hike and go throughout these villages and kind of, you know, meet the people and experience the culture. And, and what he found there was, was these heart wrenching stories of um, sex trafficking and uh, abuse and, um, and I'll be honest, you know, I never, you know, very naively never would have considered, you know, things like that happening in, in these beautiful places, right? In these mountains and these super uh, incredible places in the world. And uh, his book talks about his journey and meeting these people and the lessons that he that he learned and, and raising money for for this mission that he was on. Um, so when, when you said that, it really... <laughs> really piqued my interest. So, so perhaps, uh, you know, if you'd be open to it, uh, we'd love to have you back on to the podcast, um, to discuss it if, if that happens in the future. Um, so I just want to say thank you. Uh, I, I think this has been a great conversation. Um, I know that, you know, I, I've learned a lot through it and, and I'm confident that, that our, um, you know, there are listeners well too. So, so thank you, Kelly, really. It, it means a lot that you, uh, you came on to the podcast. Thank you, Caleb. It's, it's been a, a joy to be here. So we hope that there was something that you gained from this conversation. 
Our goal is that you would take away inspiration that allows you to go an extra mile in your next run or add another pound to your next lift. Until next time, run toward your goals, lift up others, and grow your perspective. Mm-hmm.